The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is Goodnight Maryland Radio with your host, Nina Bosky. It's been more than 50 years since the tragic death of one of Hollywood's biggest stars at the time and in history, Marilyn Monroe. Nina seeks to uncover the life and death of this legendary star as it coincides with the pre-production of the feature film, Goodnight Marilyn. You'll get a chance to question, explore, and discover the secrets surrounding what really happened that fateful night back in 1962. Let's start the conversation. Here is the host of Goodnight Marilyn Radio, Nina Bosky. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Hermosa Beach. I have to tell you, we've had some, uh, I'm not going to say really bad weather because you can't really say bad weather in California, right? But it is a gorgeous morning here in uh, Hermosa, and I'm watching a paddleboard, uh, one of those paddleboarders just kind of, uh, uh, you know, glide across the ocean. So also like to say hello to uh, some people out in Rothenburg, Germany, our fans out there. I hope I'm saying this right. Atrani, Italy, and Durango, Mexico. So we are worldwide, guys. We're not here just in the United States. We're gaining uh, fans every single week, and I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, because without you, we wouldn't be here, and without Marilyn, we wouldn't be here. So welcome to the show as we explore the life, the investigation, the movie all surrounding Marilyn Monroe, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. And we have a lot to cover, but before we get started... I'd like to just share with you, coming up in just a few minutes, we have Mary Jane Gray, a fan of Marilyn Monroe for over 20 years, has been a staff writer for ImmortalMarilyn.com since 2011. She's also assisted authors and journalists with research about Marilyn. And in 2010, she created a page where she helps collectors authenticate and appraise and sell Marilyn Monroe memorabilia. Boy, that that in itself could be a full-time job. Uh, and we also, she was with us last week. She's going to be with us this week again. Leslie Kasperowitz, she has, was on, uh, like I said, last week, but she has been studying Maryland for over 25 years. She's been working with Immortal Maryland since 1998 to protect and preserve Maryland's memory and to promote the truth about her life. And then later in the show, we have a wonderful treat. Our very own director, d- director Drew Ann Rose. Rosenberg will be with us to talk about the movie, and we have a surprise announcement for you in just a little bit. So, uh, well, just as a reminder, we are starting a community here on the website, goodnightmarilyn.com. So go to goodnightmarilyn.com, and all you have to do is put your name and email, and right there you'll get updates and new information. Some people have signed the petition, and they think that they're automatically connected to the, um, you know, the weekly updates. We're not going to be one of those people that are going to be emailing you every single day. It's once a week, and that's all. So uh, unless we have a major, major announcement, maybe I'll sneak another one in there. But uh, anyway, so we also have, as you know, something that we are doing, which is very important um, here. We do have a petition. 
And if you go to goodnightmarilyn.com, go to the petition page, you can go ahead and sign it. Uh, we have we are growing each and every week. So if you do feel inspired, what I'm asking you, Maryland fans, is if you can sign it or have at least five of your friends sign it. Because if all of a sudden there's thousands of us out there, right, and we are then having five other people sign it for us, it would be wonderful. Great, great, great. So all you have to do is go to goodnightmarilyn.com. Um, uh, as another announcement, too, before we get started, uh, it's a wonderful event. One of my friends and colleagues is going to be a part of this panel. It's uh, it's here in Los Angeles. It's Women in Lava. So you think you can raise, and I thought this would be a great uh, time for us to really talk about this today because today's subject is dealing with women, power, Hollywood, and Marilyn Monroe. And for us women that are really starting to make strides in our own lives, you know, whether it doesn't have to be in Hollywood, it could, it could be anywhere in your life. You have a dream, you need to make it happen. So if you're here in Los Angeles for whatever, for whatever reason, um, you can take uh, your concept, your team, your marketing strategy, maybe you have, even have sales, but now you need to really expand in terms of money, right? So are you ready? And this uh, this event, uh, you can go to lava uh, lava.org and look into their events, but it's called So You Think It So You Think You Can Raise. It's starting March uh, 10th. That's this Tuesday, 11:30 to 1:30. Uh, Catherine Arnold uh, will be on the panel, which is one of my friends and um, some other people that can help bring your dream into fruition. And that will be part of our theme today too, because Marilyn had a dream and she brought it to fruition. So as I said before, I'm very excited about this show because I don't know about you guys, but um, you know, there was a period of my life that I didn't always feel that women supported women, at least ongoing on a, on a much more supportive way. But I really feel that in my own life, um, I don't know, like I said, if it's the period of my life or things are just really changing, but I feel the support of other women more and more. It just feels like we're getting behind each other in a way that I've never felt it in, in any other era of my life. So, and I'm not 15, so uh, so I wanted to see if you guys felt uh, the same way too. So what we did is we did uh, we're asking on our Facebook page, so you can go to facebook.com/goodnightmarilyn, and uh, it's one of the first posts there. And the fun thing about it is I already got some comments. And Polly Campbell says that I've been lifted by so many strong women. They are difference makers in my life and the reason I'm successful in work and what I'm doing. I've also run across snarky people on both genders, uh, but to them, I offer compassion. Uh, Shelly says that I, I was going to say that some women, but then I thought the ones who don't know how to lift others up and spend, spend times tearing other women down aren't strong by definition. So yes, I agree that women do support women, especially strong women know how to support women. Nancy says that professional Personally, I've uh, been uh, I've I've had my best and my worst experiences working with women. They've been my most committed teammates and my greatest detractors. So mercifully, on the personal side, I'm at a point where I can share my time with those who lift me up, and vice versa. I'm so grateful for these wonderful women and sisters in my life. And uh, Chrissy says I'm a confident, strong woman, woman, and I build other women up. 
A weak, insecure woman will focus more on trying to tear that strong woman down than focusing on building themselves up. So I'm a strong woman who is able to learn from other strong women, and I also lift others up and would would never imagine trying to tear somebody down. And our last one, Eva from uh, Durango, Mexico. This is the one from uh, Mexico. says, sometimes in my culture, always um, you're always going to support family, sisters, mothers, daughters, but not always friends and strangers. So there you have it. Uh, so with that, let's just get this, this show on the road. Um, Mary Jane, I wanted to thank, first of all, thank you for being on the show today. You're welcome. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Oh, so, you know, it's interesting. Last week I asked people, you know, everybody has a reason and why they're attracted to the late star. Some find it her glamour, some her vulnerability. Sometimes it's the mystery surrounding their death. What attracted you? Um, I really identified with her at a very young age. Uh, When I was 15 years old, I randomly went out and got a book about her and read it. And I just, I've always said that, Marilyn is multifaceted, and and every fan who looks at her loves her for a different reason. They see something of themselves reflected back. For me, I grew up not knowing a father like she did and felt that insecurity about it, just like she did. I grew up feeling that, you know, your self-worth is all in how you look, and, and you're judged on your appearance, and people tend to sometimes not go any deeper with that, and she experienced that her whole life and still does. And what was especially striking to me is how open and honest she was about her fears and her insecurities and her self-consciousness. And, you know, when you're 15 years old and you're in that awkward stage yourself, to hear that the most beautiful woman who ever lived says it's okay to be insecure, then you feel like it actually is. And that was just a very strong moment for me, and it kind of gripped me and made me a fan for life. Well, I think you're bringing up a very important point because it wasn't just that she said it. It was the time in the era in which she said it. No other celebrity was coming out talking about this stuff. No, her candor is remarkable. And I mean, in her era or even in this era, too, I mean, we still have celebrities who keep themselves very guarded. And in a lot of aspects, I mean, she really did protect her private life, but she was very honest about herself. And, you know, she put herself out there and let people, you know, tried to let people know who she really was. And that's, I think, still what so many people identify with her. Well, one of the things I wanted to do is bring Leslie into the conversation as well. And she's been, you know, studying uh, Marilyn for 25 years and also protecting and preserving her memory. Leslie, are you joining us? Can you join the conversation? I'm here. Oh, good, good. Well, I'm so honored to have you guys on the show. One, um, because you know a lot about her. And two, this is Women Power Week and we're, uh, you know, we're doing the, the woman thing here. But, uh, you know, the other thing that there's a misconception about Marilyn is that, you know, Marilyn, what would you say to the public that says she was just a dumb blonde or just a blonde, a blonde uh, you know, kind of starlet? What would you say to that? I'd say they're, they're mistaking her screen image for the woman. Um, she obviously played some dumb blonde roles and played them exceedingly well. 
Uh, and unfortunately, that's the impression that a lot of people have of her. They don't see past Lorelai Lee in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Uh, they just assume that that's who she really was. And uh, there was a funny meme going around a few years back uh, with a picture of Johnny Depp dressed as Captain Jack Sparrow that said, not really a pirate. And then a picture of Marilyn saying, not really a dumb blonde. And that's, you know, <laughs> Marilyn seems to be the only person who suffers from that concept that who she was on screen is who she really was. Yeah, I think that's an important part. And uh, what I'd like to do is when we come back uh, from the break, uh, Mary Jane, you know, last couple of weeks, I've been doing the misquotes from Marilyn. And what I'd like you to do is um, after we come back, I'll uh, I'll turn it over to you. And I'd like to you to do the misquotes since you're the one that actually told me about, uh, you know, uh, all stars deserve to twinkle was not Marilyn Monroe. So I'm very excited about that. And I also want to get into to her craft, who she really was um, as a person, and why she was so popular and powerful back in the day, having her own uh, production company as well. And then um, I also want to get into a little bit about how she was a humanitarian. And we we talked about that last week, but uh, I think you guys can shed some more light on who this person was, not just a star named Marilyn Monroe. And we'll be back in just a moment as we explore women, power, Hollywood, and Marilyn Monroe. We'll be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Mad Genius Radio presents Marilyn. For those of us who can't get enough of Marilyn Monroe, especially her iconic musical performances, Mad Genius Radio has expertly curated a genre of hundreds of tracks performed by Marilyn and friends. It is the quintessential collection of music for a journey of glamour, grace, and allure. Listen for free only on Mad Genius Radio. Available in the App Store, Google Play, and desktop at madgeniusradio.com. There are over 140 million products manufactured worldwide. It is impossible to know the ingredients in these products, especially those made overseas. Stan Salat, creator of the HSF Mark and the Counterfeit Mark Alliance, is the host of People to People, working together for your safety. Stan believes in our right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in consumer products and whether they are counterfeit. Find out how you can protect yourself every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to Goodnight Marilyn Radio. Help us explore the mystery that is and was Marilyn Monroe. Call into our program at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to MarilynLiveTalk at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. 
Hi, I'm Greg Schreiner for Marilyn Remembered. Did you know that in Marilyn's lifetime, she lived in only one home that she actually owned? The rest of her life was just living in rentals. In fact, the only home she ever owned was at the very end of her life, and she only got to live in it from January to August. For Good Night, Marilyn Radio and Marilyn Remembered, I'm Greg Schreiner. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Good Night, Marilyn Radio. And I'm so happy to, to uh, have my two guests on as we talk about women, power, Hollywood, and Marilyn Monroe. Mary Jane Gray and Leslie Kasparowitz uh, combined have had 45 years in studying Marilyn and are dedicated to preserving her life. So let's, let's talk about some more of the misconceptions. And one of the misconceptions, Mary Jane, is, and you're, you, you know, this is one of your passions, is to make sure Marilyn isn't misquoted. So what is your misquote for the week? Okay. One of the um, ones that's been very popular lately making the rounds on social media is a quote that says to all the girls who think you're fat because you're not a size zero you're the beautiful one it's society that's ugly now while I completely support the message behind it that absolutely was not said by Marilyn Um, during her lifetime her body was the ideal body shape and she was actually a lot tinier than people seem to think she is Um, she averaged around 120 pounds and in modern sizes wore a size two to four tops. Uh, When her clothes were displayed, they have to be put on modified child mannequins because a size two mannequin is too big for her. But the real reason we know she didn't say this quote is there was no such thing as a size zero during her lifetime. (laughs) The term was coined four years after her death in 1966 as a little bit of a dig at the British model Twiggy. And it was even several years after that that clothing designers and manufacturers actually started producing a size zero. So she, she couldn't say size zero when it didn't exist during her lifetime. Wow. That's, that's an important one because I've seen that quote multiple times, right? And it is, it's a, it's a very powerful, impactful quote, but if she didn't say it, it's, it's just, I cannot believe how many quotes are there out there that she hasn't said. So, so I wish the real author of it would come forward because I mean, they should get credit for it. It's a good quote. It just, isn't Marilyn. <laughs> yeah, it's not Marilyn. So, well, let's get into what is Marilyn. And Marilyn, uh, you know, we know being that we've, we've, you know, been looking and delving into her life, but a lot of the public that may be listening right now don't really understand how powerful Marilyn was at the time of her, you know, at the time of her stardom. Why do you think she was so powerful? Leslie, I'll ask you that question. Um, I think that her power came uh, from being a little bit ahead of her time um, and from being willing to be who she was no matter what anybody else thought. And she uh, was kind of a forerunner of a number of uh, revolutions. She was part of the beginning of the end of the Hollywood studio system, which would put um, stars into slave contracts, basically, where um, they were stuck with this studio, and um, Marilyn fought the studios repeatedly uh, to get the respect that she deserved, and not because she cared about money, and it's often um, written that she wanted more money, which is partially true. She was very, very underpaid uh, for how famous she was and what a box office draw she was, but really what she wanted was um, artistic freedom. She wanted to be able to choose her scripts. She wanted to be able to have a say in how she appeared on the screen and in the kind of roles that she took. And that was the main thing that she fought for was respect. And 
she, I don't think she really understood her power um, at the time. It's, it's more clear to us now in hindsight just how much strength and, and courage it took for her to stand up and to, to speak out and to really believe in herself the way she did that she could become a great actress. Well, the other thing is, as a lot of people don't realize, too, is that she was one of the first women to start her own production company. And a lot yeah, of people she, don't realize she started that. in Marilyn Monroe Productions um, with uh, partner Milton Green, who was a photographer that she worked with. And the minute that she announced uh, Marilyn Monroe Productions, 20th Century Fox suspended her. And she spent uh, the better part of a year um, fighting with them, and she won. And a lot of people believe that was the beginning of the end of the studio system, was her winning that battle uh, with 20th Century Fox. All right, so let's talk about a, a very much of a rumor. It goes back and forth. The time of her death, right? Did she renegotiate her, her contract with Fox, and was she going back, or was she still in negotiations um, and had not uh, decided to go back? Uh, she was uh, still in negotiations at the time. Okay. She very much wanted to go back to work. Got it. And um, she had actually gone to a couple of meetings with Fox executives, but nothing was finalized by the time of her death. Um, there's rumors that there was a, a million-dollar contract, but there's never been any evidence for that. Um, the only evidence we have is her lawyer had stated that he had a, a new contract ready to sign, but he hadn't given it to her yet when, when she had passed away. Wow. So Fox wanted her back, and she wanted to go back to work, but they had also put some pretty stringent demands on her to reinstate her, and I don't know that she would have been willing to do that. They wanted her to publicly um, apologize to everyone on the crew. They wanted her to uh, say she had mental illness, they wanted her to fire her acting coach and her representatives. And I don't, I mean, we can only speculate on whether she would have agreed to that. So everything was still kind of up in the air at the time she died. Wow. That's, that's very powerful because a lot of times you hear that she's already negotiated it and, you know, that, uh, you know, she was completely, you know, uh, going on to her next step. Um, but given who she was, uh, you know, some of those stipulations, right, to be yeah. able to publicly uh, apologize, maybe she would have done that. I don't know if I would have gone on and said I have, you know, mental illness and done all the things that, uh, you know, they're wanting her to do. But I also think that, when you are in a negotiation like that, right, you're standing up for something. And to your point, you know, the, the kind of the end of the studio system or to the trying of the end of that power of the studio system, the fact is, is that she was bucking the system. Yes. It wasn't necessarily that, uh, you know, she was just this starlet that was just never showing up on the set and wasn't uh, taking her craft seriously. And that's the other thing. There's misconceptions out there about her craft. One of the things that I think made Marilyn very powerful, not only as an actress, but as a human being, is the fact that she did study, she did develop herself. She was always working on herself. Tell us a little, little bit more about that. Uh, let, let's go with Leslie this time. 
Uh, yeah, Marilyn worked with some of the foremost acting um, coaches of her era. Um, Michael Chekhov, she worked with, who was a, a direct pupil of Stanislavski, um, who was the father of the method. Um, and then she later went to New York and um, studied with Lee Strasberg at the Actors Studio. And Strasberg was quoted as having said that she, he could think of only one other actor with her level of talent, and that was Marlon Brando. And so that's, I mean, that's telling because um, Brando, you know, uh, he, he really believed in her and a lot of her acting coaches really believed in her. And she worked so hard. She attended classes at the actor studio, not as Marilyn, but just as a woman who wanted to learn. You can see the pictures of her just in the crowd, paying close attention, really focused. And, you know, it was really important to her to learn and to grow and to become a better actress. And she worked incredibly hard at it. Yeah, she yeah, said I've, in uh, 1962, um, I've always worked hard for the sake of someday becoming a talented actress. I knew I would make it if only I kept at it and worked hard without lowering my principles and pride in myself. And that's and the important That's what she part. devoted her life to. Mary Jane, that's an important part. A lot of times, uh, a lot of people think that she slept her way to the top. Let's talk about that, Mary Jane. Absolutely not. Somebody who sleeps their way at the, to the top does not spend seven years in bit roles, extras that end up on the cutting room floor. She didn't do it. Um, there's another quote from her from 1962 where she said she prides herself on never having been a kept woman. And she very famously uh, was dropped from her contract with Columbia Studios because she was propositioned by the head of the studio, and she turned him down. And boom, her she's out of work now. And, I mean, she worked hard. She... You know, skimped on food and uh, other things she needed so that she could spend her money on acting lessons and dance lessons and elocution lessons. And she said about that time period, what's going to make me an actress, a hamburger or taking my classes? And she opted for her classes you know, the she other- took it that seriously and she had that much drive and ambition. Yes, and so when you think about Women, Power, Hollywood, Marilyn Monroe, she had all those ingredients in the making, even though she didn't know at the time how powerful and what a, you know, kind of a mark in history she was going to make. Another big mark, and last week we allude, well, we didn't just allude to it, it was very much said in the numerologist segment that she was a humanitarian. And one of the things that is really going around and is, and she's very well known for is her, um, you know, her role in Ella Fitzgerald's life back in the 1950s. Let's talk about her humanitarian civil rights, animal rights aspect. Uh, Leslie, you want to take this question? Yeah, um, the Ella Fitzgerald story is a fantastic one um, about women supporting other women, absolutely. Um, it, the story gets a little bit mixed up in the telling because uh, the reason that Ella was not being hired at Macombo, the nightclub, uh, was not a race issue. In fact, there had been um, African-American performers at that club previously. Uh, they just didn't believe that Ella was glamorous enough or fit uh, their image. And so Marilyn called and told them that if they booked LS, she would be front and center every single night of her run. And she followed through. Absolutely. And that, that was one thing about Marilyn that was absolutely amazing is she never stepped on anyone to get where she was. She was never one of these people saying mean things about other actresses publicly. Uh, she lifted people up at every turn and, you know, was very supportive of other women in Hollywood. Well, I think that's an important point because that's another misconception. It is completely out there about Ella Fitzgerald and it being a race issue. So this is a really monumental clear-up you guys are making for us. 
Seriously. Yeah, I mean, and, this is... you know, and I, and I don't think I don't think that that takes away from the story. I mean, the bottom line to the story to me is that she saw this woman who was uh, fighting to get her career to the next level. And just as other people had helped Marilyn along the way, she stepped in and she helped, you know, without it, it having anything for her. You know, there, it was completely altruistic of her. Well, and I also think, ladies, that you think about, you know, when you're prejudiced, you don't have to be prejudiced just about race. You can be prejudiced about what somebody looks like, right? You know, you're too fat, you're too small, you're too, you know, whatever it is, right? And that she wasn't, quote, glamorous enough that she was able to step in. So let's, you know, one of the things last week that the numerologist said, and I thought that was kind of interesting, she said, if Marilyn would have, um, you know, stayed and and was with us and she would have made it to a a later uh, point in her life. She would have been a complete humanitarian. She already had signs of it, obviously, and that she would be, you know, helping the animals and helping everybody. What do you say to that? Do you think she was the the humanitarian that uh, if she were alive today would would be that uh, role model for all of us? Absolutely. Absolutely. If she had had a chance to live longer, I mean, uh, nowadays you think of people like Audrey Hepburn and she's automatically associated with UNICEF. You think of Elizabeth Taylor, and she's automatically associated with AIDS research. Marilyn would have found her charity niche because she was already doing it back then. She did charity events for St. Jude's and Toys for Tots and muscular dystrophy and all kinds of things. She devoted her time, her money, her fame to helping the underdog. That was what it always came down to for her is she wanted to help the underdog. And she would have absolutely devoted herself to some sort of humanitarian effort. There's no doubt in my mind. Because, I mean, she was already doing it during her lifetime. So, ladies, we have to wrap up the segment, but if you were to, I'm going to ask each of you this one, one last question. If you were to describe Marilyn in one word, what would you say? Mary Jane, you first. Oh, wow, that's putting me on the spot. Um, hopeful. Okay. Hopeful. Leslie? I, I would go with courageous. All right. Hopeful and courageous. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep with the word of powerful. So we got hopeful, <laughs> courageous, and powerful. Marilyn Monroe, thank you ladies so much for being on the show today. Mary Jane Gray, you'll be back with us next week when we're talking about, uh, you know, all of, uh, you know, getting into more and more issues about Marilyn. Leslie, thank you so much for the last couple of weeks and spending some time and helping us get to know Marilyn just a little bit better. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with our film director of Goodnight, Marilyn, Drew Ann Rosenberg. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com Are you experiencing a relationship or a relation slip? Without the carefully measured balance of spirit and ego, it might not be what you want it to be. On Relation Slips with Dr. Bobby Summer and Lori Lynn Mann, we'll explore relationships from two unique ends of the spectrum. In addition, we'll have amazing guests, both experts and celebrities, and we'll hear from you too. Relation Slips can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Math Genius Radio presents Marilyn. For those of us who can't get enough of Marilyn Monroe, especially her iconic musical performances, Mad Genius Radio has expertly curated a genre of hundreds of tracks performed by Marilyn and friends. It is the quintessential collection of music for a journey of glamour, grace, and allure. Listen for free only on Mad Genius Radio. Available in the App Store, Google Play, and desktop at madgeniusradio.com. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Goodnight Marilyn Radio. Help us explore the mystery that is and was Marilyn Monroe. Call into our program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to MarilynLiveTalk at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. I love it, I love it, I love it. You're listening to Good Night Marilyn Radio. I'm your host, Nina Bosky, and I love this quote. It's, uh, it was somebody had uh, uh, posted it on Facebook on Immortal Marilyn's uh, fan, uh, fan page, uh, their group there, and I think this does describe her too. It says, she was unstoppable, not because she did not have failures or doubts, but because she continued on despite of them. And you think about that in terms of women in general, you know, and human beings in general. We all have, uh, you know, little uh, little obstacles and challenges along the way. And we have to, in order to allow our dreams to come true, to keep, keep on moving, right? So um, what I'd like to do before I bring on uh, Drew, and she's our film director for Goodnight Marilyn. Every week, as you know, I do a little life bite. And uh, so here's my life bite for this week. It says, when nothing is possible, all things are possible. So all change happens with one single step. Marilyn did not change from Norma Jean to Marilyn in one day. That took years of practice. So if you have a dream, move towards that dream. And you need to start to leave behind those old stories of confusion and worry and doubt or waiting for things to be perfect. This week, believe in what is possible. And keep it positive. So on that note, I'm keeping it positive because I'm bringing on our film director, Drew Ann Rosenberg. I am so excited to have her with us. Um, she has spent uh, spent years uh, behind the camera and some wonderful films, and I'm going to let her describe them to you because uh, she's not only talented in terms of her vision for this movie, but her technical expertise, her attention to detail, and I am honored to have her on the show today. Drew, welcome to the show. Hi, Nina. Thank you. That was quite an introduction. I'm really happy to be here. It's a great show, and I'm learning so much just by listening to all the people that you're interviewing, so thank you. Yeah, isn't it wonderful to have all these little misconceptions? Like, I mean, the one with even Ella, even though it's a, you know, she still was uh, standing behind something that wasn't right, all this time, you know, people say that it was race, and it really was that she wasn't glamorous enough. And I think, wow, that's that's a that's an important distinction, even though uh, even though um, you know the the intent behind it was still the same. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me, what attracted you to this project? Well, initially, I was just really attracted to the screenplay because it's just such a great suspenseful story. I mean, here's this very very famous 
movie star and all these other famous people um, gravitating around her, and we get an inside view of what's actually happening, the mechanism of a fictionalized character that's introduced in the script, Lou Beach, gives us this very private uh, insight into what's happening behind the scenes and a subjective point of view, if you will. And it's just a great, it's just a great story. I mean, it's a page turner. You're on your edge of the edge of your seat listening and, and wanting to find out what's going to happen next, which in my mind is what makes a great film. Well, Jenny from Loveland, Colorado wants to know, what's your favorite part of directing? Um, I would have to say working with the actors because I find that great actors just bring so much to the character in the film. I mean, as a director, I spend a lot of time planning and figuring out how I want to do things and how I want to shoot things and what my, quote, vision is of what I'm doing. But then when you're actually working with people who are a part of that whole process, they have so much insight into these human beings that they're portraying. So that, to me, is, is a very exciting and rewarding experience, especially if you're working with great actors, which I'm, I'm hoping to do. Yes, exactly. So speaking of our actors that we're going to be uh, working with, you know, what, what not in terms of for them, what are you looking to create via the tone and visual or design or overall movie? What are we trying to create here, Drew? Well, I really want the viewer to feel like they're inside of the story, that they're there. You know, a lot of times you see these period movies that are sort of faded out and look like old, so it looks like you're watching something else. And I want us to be transported into this time period, into this um, exact moment when all of this is happening. Um, I like to use uh, a subjective point of view with the camera often, which means since we're following our hero, Lou, as he's, you know, navigating these waters, if you will, I like to use his point of view, see what he's seeing, so you really feel like you're involved and absorbed in the story. And also, you want to get a sense of the glamour of Hollywood, the music, the tone. So tonally, it feels like it's a different place, but at the same time, it's a place that you're in and it's a place that you connect to. Well, James from San Francisco says, uh, you know, who has been one of your favorite actors to work with and why? Oh, that's a good question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love Tom Hanks because I think he's just one of the most generous, supportive actors on a set. Uh, I worked with him on Philadelphia and, you know, he went through a very rigorous uh, diet. He lost a huge amount of weight. And it's funny because a lot of the girls on the show were trying to get a hold of the diet so they could lose weight too. And Tom was like, no, no, this isn't healthy. You're going to lose way too much weight if you, if you eat this kind of food. So if you eat this way. So he sort of protected the women of the crew from the diet, if you will. Not just the women, but anybody that wanted to lose weight. Primarily <laughs> it was women. Um, anyway, thing. he just was always very generous and giving and, and working with the other actors and trying to help them get the best out of them as well. And I think, I think it shows up on screen when you watch him. Well, it's interesting. You must be, uh, you're attracting a lot of attention here. We have Karina uh, from, from here in California who wants to ask you a question. Karina, hello. Are you there? Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Now we can Hi, hear you. Karina. <laughs> Hi, Karina. Hi, Drew. How are you? Nice to yeah, talk I'm to good, both thanks. of you. <laughs> so what's your question? Well, I have a question um, for Drew. I am a, you know, a budding actress out here in California, and I've been doing all the right things, taking my classes and getting my pictures done and, you know, studying hard and, and, you know, getting the agent and out there pounding the pavement every day. But I'm just trying to figure out a way, you know, how to, how to meet people like you who are involved in, 
in films and just get to the next level in my career? Like, what's the best way to, to get in front of people like you, I guess is what I'm asking. Um, well, I wouldn't say that you should make a habit of being a background actor on a set for a long period of time. But okay. it's not a bad idea to try to do some background acting work because, number one, it'll give you sort of a sense of how the whole thing flows and what's going on. Because when you first get on a film set, it can be very overwhelming. I mean, there's like 80 to 150 people running around doing things, and it's a bit confusing. So it's kind of nice if you sort of have a handle on it and get a sense of how the flow goes. Um, so you could try, ideally, getting work as a stand-in is great, which is uh, the person that the cinematographer uses to light, you know, light. They, they're generally the same height and, you know, skin tone and hair color of the, act, right. of the, mm-hmm. the actor. And um, that's always a good way to get around. Plays is a great thing. Workshops, it sounds like you're already doing some of that. Yeah, I mean, I have some been, of it is it's... just putting yourself out there as much as you can and a little bit of luck, you know. I mean, right. <laughs> that has something to do with it. I, you know, as a director, I've also taken a lot of uh, classes and sometimes try to go back. So getting into classes that have directors in them is also a good idea. Yeah, um, because a great then idea. you get exposure. You. Basically it's exposure. You want to get as much exposure as possible as an mm-hmm. actor would be my would be my two cents. And great. Thank you so a, much. I appreciate sure. the advice. <laughs> All right. To develop a little bit of Marilyn. There you go. You know. So so uh, thanks again. So so Drew, I want to get into why do you think it's important for a woman um, to to really direct this film? Why, why you and why a woman? You know, I've been thinking a lot about that question, and a, a couple of things come to mind. First of all, we filmmakers on Goodnight Marilyn are championing Marilyn, and because we feel strongly that her death was not a, uh, a suicide, an intentional suicide, in a sense, we're defending her character. Not that anybody that commits suicide is a bad person, but it's a defeatist attitude. And, and your quote at the beginning and when we were talking about Marilyn is so important here. She never gave up. She was always pushing. She was always trying. And as a fellow woman, I think that a lot of times we get defeated. I mean, over the past couple of decades, really the numbers, the percentages of women who have been directing and in positions in power in Hollywood have not really changed much, which is very demoralizing. But recently there's been this trend toward women supporting other women, and I think that that's really important because... In Maryland's time period, that wasn't necessarily so. A lot of the ways that women had influence and power back in Maryland's day were through their connection through a powerful man. And to get a powerful man, you had to compete with other women who were doing the same thing. So I think there was a lot of suspicion and a lot of, you know, competition between women back there. And unfortunately, that's a tendency that perpetuates. So nowadays, it feels like there's more of this championing, I keep fluttering on that word, but if you think of Patricia Arquette, who was at the Academy Awards, she was standing up for women's rights. So I, as a and woman, feel J-Lo, like it's important. You also, you also had J-Lo and Meryl Streep right behind her going, yeah, I mean, I think exactly. that was Exactly. Kind of I, I feel like as a woman, it's really important that I stand up for Marilyn and that we say Marilyn was at the top of her game. And yes, she sometimes let things get her down, but she never succumbed to it. And she always... She always fought to to do better for herself and for her fellow women and for her fellow actors and mankind in general. So from that standpoint, as a woman, I feel like I understand 
that uh, controversy that she's had to go through. I mean, on the one hand, you want to be attractive and feminine, but you also want to be respected and esteemed among your peers. So in my mind, I think that I can portray that, and I think I have a little bit of an insight into that uh, as a woman, which isn't to say that a man couldn't direct the film and do a great job, but in particular, that's why I think it's a good thing. Well, that and we love you. So, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> but I think that's an important quality as you, as, as we women, since it's not just, uh, it's not just about Marilyn, it's about empowering yourself and mm-hmm. you don't have to lose your femininity in order to be powerful. And that's a really, really profound message. We have to take a quick break. My guest is the director of our film, Good Night, Marilyn. It is Druanne Rosenberg and we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Dance Talk Radio has come to Voice America. Join host Tracy Marciniak and her celebrity guests every week for a show that takes you inside the world of dance. What's it like working with stars like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift? The experts share their stories and the -the behind-the-scenes secrets. Plus, inside tips to become a better dancer, instructor, or studio owner. Dance on over to the Voice America Variety Channel every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific for Dance Talk Radio. Math Genius Radio presents Marilyn. For those of us who can't get enough of Marilyn Monroe, especially her iconic musical performances, Mad Genius Radio has expertly curated a genre of hundreds of tracks performed by Marilyn and friends. It is the quintessential collection of music for a journey of glamour, grace, and allure. Listen for free only on Mad Genius Radio. Available in the App Store, Google Play, and desktop at madgeniusradio.com. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio. Help us explore the mystery that is and was Marilyn Monroe. Call into our program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to MarilynLiveTalk at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right, we still have a lot to cover. I'm Nina Bosky. With me is the director of our feature film, Goodnight, Marilyn, Drew Ann Rosenberg. So you and I have a very exciting uh, aspect of the film that we're, we're getting ready to launch, and it's a nice, wonderful surprise. And I'm going to ask you in just a few minutes uh, what you are looking for, but this is, this is major. We're going to be... Um, really uh, posting it and you'll find out how on Facebook and on our website not today but starting next week well you'll have to look go to facebook.com slash goodnight and we are going to start the worldwide search for the casting of finding the role 
who will be playing Marilyn Monroe. You'll have between the time that it's posted to June 1st, which will be Marilyn's birthday. She'll be 89 years old. And then for those of you who are looking for your shot to play Marilyn, who died at the age of 36. So if you're 18, you might not be good for this film, right? But uh, if you can play that, uh, that age group, we are going to start not just a national search, but a global search for the role of Marilyn to be played in our film, Good Night, Marilyn. So, Drew, what are you looking for? <laughs> <laughs> well, first and foremost, we, we need a good actor, so uh, make sure you've got some acting chops. I'm looking for somebody who really portrays the essence of Marilyn, and that has a couple different facets to it. Obviously, someone that resembles her would be a good thing. Um, there's a sensuality and a sexuality to Marilyn that just has to be there. I mean, she's the it girl, and there's a reason she was the it girl. But also there's another side to her, which is fragile and sensitive, also playful, on the, on the other hand, the private side and the public side. She really has two personas, the Norma Jean and the Marilyn, and she often referred to, her, to those different personas and was able to turn them on and turn them off. Um, so that would be something that would be important to you, those two very different personas. So uh, yeah. that kind of sums it up. Sums it up. And what we'll do is um, you will find details on the website. So I want you to look for it this week. It'll be the latter part of this this next week, uh, probably even by the time we do our radio show. So I'm just putting the buzz out there because if you or yourself or somebody you know, right, um, think you can play Marilyn, and it's not just dressing up like Marilyn and looking like Marilyn or singing or talking like Marilyn. You really, I'm, I'm just going to tell you from Drew and what I know about her, you're going to have to have the acting chops. That's the one thing that she <laughs> definitely definitely requests for us. So you're going to have to have the acting chops, and we'll tell you exactly what you knew, need to have in terms of the submission, and then uh, you'll find it on goodnightmarilyn.com, all the details, but we'll launch it on Facebook this week, Facebook dot com slash goodnight Marilyn and you may have that wonderful ability. I think it's fun because you know our tagline for our movie Drew is uh, everybody has a dream and you think about it. Marilyn had the ultimate dream and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this because you know there's a lot of wonderful A-list actresses out there that could play Marilyn. But wouldn't that be wonderful if we could find that diamond in the rough? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? I mean, you know, you know, if it's somebody unknown, it's even better because then we create the personage that, you know, without having to step away from the movie star that we're not having this person play. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the other thing. You know, it's more difficult, I think, for uh, a well-known actress to play her than it would be maybe for a, uh, an unknown. So you may be that d- diamond in the rough and think <laughs> about it. You know, everybody has a dream and this could be your dream coming true. So search out for more details in, uh, in the next week. Um, we will have them on uh, Facebook and our website. So let's get back to the questions. What fascinate you about Marilyn? Well, it's interesting. The more I got to know about Marilyn, the more complex and the more interesting she became to me. I mean, if you don't know that much about her superficially, she's a movie star who's sexy, a blonde bombshell. She has a soft, breathy voice. 
But the more you delve into her life and to the things that she did, and uh, Mary Jane and Leslie touched on a, a lot of them, but just she has so much integrity about her work. She was a passionate actor, as we know. She was an incredible humanitarian. She was playful and fun. And at the same time, outside of all this glamour and all of these places that you see her as a public figure, she was really quite a homebody and a a quiet person. She liked to be at home with her friends and and just read a good book. She was also a voracious reader and constantly trying to better herself and learn more. I mean, she's just a fascinating woman and fearless, on the other hand, not afraid to be sexy, not afraid to be feminine, be who she was, at the same time demanding that she be respected for her intelligence and for her craft. So in my mind, she's, she's got it all. She was a complex, fascinating, fabulous person. So what advice would you give to women who are just starting out in the business, and we're talking Hollywood here, and or who want to become a director? Um, well, first of all, as I was saying to Corrine earlier, you really need to just put yourself out there because when opportunity strikes, you have to be there to, uh, to grab it. Don't give up. Keep trying. I, I, then nowadays, it's a lot easier to make a short film. I mean, you can make a short film on your cell phone and edit it on your home laptop. So I would suggest create a vision and make it, even if it's five minutes. I mean, five minutes is sometimes all the better because then you just make a succinct little piece that just shows that you have a point of view. As a director, what's important is that you show people you have a point of view. Find mentors, find people who you respect, who are doing things that you want to do and try to reach out to them. People are usually very gracious when it comes to helping others because as we were saying about Marilyn, somebody helped her somewhere along the way. So find mentors don't get down on yourself. You're going to get rejected and you just have to, you know, wipe yourself off and get back up and keep moving. Join some um, communities like AFI, Women in Directing. You know, try to get involved in some organizations where you can talk to other people and brainstorm about what, what your resources might be. And also, if you have the opportunity to shadow another director, that's always a good um, way to watch what they're doing and, and get some points, you know, get some tips along the way. But overall, just like you said, Nina, just, you know, follow your dream and keep your passion up and just keep moving forward. Exactly. And so just like in our film, everybody has a dream, right? Everybody in our film has a dream. We all have a dream and the public has a dream. Doesn't have to be a dream in Hollywood, but everybody has something that they want to have happen. So keep moving forward and keep it positive. Thank you so much, Duran Rosenberg, for being on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. It was it was fun. It was fun. So that's our wonderful director. Glad to have her here today to talk a little bit about the film and also our, I want to say national, but it's global search for the role of Marilyn Monroe in the feature film, Good Night, Marilyn. Well, this is going to wrap up this week's show. Boy, does it go fast or is it just me? But uh, we've been talking about women, power, Hollywood, and Marilyn Monroe. If you are a woman, if you are a woman in power, if you are a human being, doesn't really matter. We all have dreams and we all have to allow them to come true. And I uh, want to just promote next week's show because it's going to be wonderful and also just say thank you to all the people that make this show happen. Randall Libero, who's my executive producer. Mike, who is uh, my engineer, could not do this without him. Also, Drew Masters, people that are being booked on this show are always talking to him. Thank you, thank you 
you, thank you. Um, and also to my guests, Mary Jane Gray, Leslie Kasperowitz, Duran Rosenberg. Next week, we are going to be talking about, as we explore Marilyn and her death, is suicide really suicide? Gary Vitaco Robles will be with us. Mary Jane will be back with us. And I'm going to have crimin- criminologist and suicide expert Scott Bond, who will be talking with us about that episode. You don't want to miss it as we l- just delve a little deeper into what was going on in Marilyn's life at the time of her death. So until next time, I'm Nina Bosky, and looking forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for today's show. Good Night Maryland Radio with Nina Bosky can be heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to tune in again next week. We'll be right back.